You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today's a very special day. We're going to break down the 17 best K-pop moments, memories, headlines, etc. of 2021. I will have more of these episodes recapping the year, and of course new headlines as they come up about end-of-the-year award shows and things like that. Things last minute I would tack on to this list of best moments of the year. And I also have my big countdowns, the best albums, music videos, songs, etc. of 2021. So tons coming from me this month. And the first of those year-end wrap-ups is this one. In no particular order, let's just dive into the iconic, most buzzed-about moments of the year in the world of K-pop. Number one, the Met Gala. Rosé from Blackpink and CL both made history by becoming the first K-pop stars to ever attend the Met Gala. Super big night for them. And the most tweeted about stars that night? CL came in fifth place, and Rosé came in at number one most tweeted about attendee. It was a really big night. The theme was fashion in America, basically, and CL nailed that assignment with the denim look. Rosé had the coolest eye makeup. That was my favorite part of the look. She wore Saint Laurent. She became a brand ambassador for them back in 2020. She's jokingly been called the human Saint Laurent before, so there she was showing off their outfits. Really special historic moment. Speaking of historic moments, number two are the American Music Awards this year. A really special full circle moment four years in the making. Because back in 2017, BTS really got on the map in the USA because of their AMA's performance. They actually reflected years later where Yoongi was saying he was crying in the hotel afterward, felt like he didn't belong. They felt like fish out of water when they performed DNA and went to the AMAs for the first time. This year, they won in three huge categories, became the first Asian act to ever win Artist of the Year there. Performed twice, once with Coldplay, some of their idols, and overall just looked right at home. They looked so happy and comfortable and casual and like they belonged on stage, and they felt like they were welcomed with open arms this time. And seeing that evolution felt very special. Plus, for more subjective reasons, it felt special and I had to put it on this list, because that's when it became more of a hardcore army was after the 2017 AMA's performance. That's when I really, really started having BTS hugely a part of my life. Their music became a big part of my life soundtrack after that, so very proud of them. Speaking of BTS and reasons to be proud of them, number three is the fact they got to cover the June issue of Rolling Stone and had a series of really great profiles done for each member. It was a really refreshing interview series that allowed them to really talk about their craft and true passion for music. It didn't feel like very, just, it's not like it wasn't a PR-friendly interview, but it just didn't feel so sanitized. They really just got to open up, and that was refreshing. Mr. Bang is also quoted in that piece, talking about how, quote, I didn't want them to be false idols. I wanted to create a BTS that could become a close friend. 
Special details about each member's personality and thought process were present in each individual interview. Like in RM's interview, they highlighted the tendency he has to quote Kim Wanki, this abstract artist. Jungkook was noted as definitely adoring RM, which we love. Jin got to talk about how he still has insecurities, but he also got to show off his trademark confidence, too. Quote, I want to emphasize, for the record, that everybody went berserk about how good-looking I was. He's talking about a recent variety show appearance. Jimin had this super sweet, memorable quote about when he's older with a long beard, he still wants to sing and perform with ARMY. He'll just have to do the concert sitting on the edge of the stage, which was a very sweet visualization to have. J-Hope got to reflect on his solo music, the Hope World mixtape, and his mindset when he wrote it. V talked about vouching for J-Hope for president of the entire world. It certainly would be a better place. Suga got to really divulge about a song of his from 2016, The Last, and he talked about the importance of not concealing how you feel. They also used this interview to talk about how diverse their fandom is. Next up, I promise you this whole list is not BTS news, but they, they make a lot of news, and this year was no exception. So my next pick is BTS and the Grammys. Although they didn't technically win what they were nominated for, they basically won. The hashtag BTS Our Greatest Prize flooded Twitter the night of the Grammys. Then Dynamite re-entered US iTunes Top 10. It went double platinum in the USA right around that time. It also ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most simultaneous viewers for the premiere of a YouTube video. You know who they beat to get that record for Dynamite? Themselves, who previously held the record for On. And after the Grammy show, the members still expressed such humility and gratitude through a V-Live stream that over 7.7 million people tuned in to watch thanking us for support, and just having kind of an after-party. It's so funny because the day after a big award show like this, you'll see a bunch of pop culture blogs and such talking about so-and-so was seen at so-and-so's after-party, so-and-so was seen at this after-party. And for our faves, it's just like BTS spotted in a hotel room live-streaming and FaceTiming with people. But that's how they like to spend their celebratory after-party time with fans, which is so cute. Last BTS topic on this list, their UN appearance. This year, they were appointed special presidential envoys for future generations and culture. Appointed by President Moon Jae-in, who spoke so highly of them in interviews, I was very proud, the whole army was, and they got to speak for the third time at the UN General Assembly. It was another very special, important speech about reframing younger generations as not the lost generation because of COVID, but the welcome generation, welcoming each other and new challenges and meeting the moment. I also just highly recommend that you check out not just the whole speech, but the interviews they gave there too, because Moon Jae-in, the interview they gave alongside him, one of those was really, really interesting just talking about South Korea more broadly. Not just their super influential now pop culture, but the ways they, the history is really fascinating because they were not this huge global economy, this global economic force like they are today. They really kind of started from the bottom isn't really the right way to put it, but the point is they really, really grew eye-poppingly huge economically over decades.
So the force they have become is truly, truly fascinating and impressive how they did it. And to get a, an inside look at Moon Jae-in's mindset was very interesting. They also, on that trip to the UN, spent time looking at art and speaking at the Met. And they went to the art museum alongside South Korea's First Lady. Next up, the return of SM Town's Halloween party. If you're an SM Entertainment artist enthusiast like myself, you'll know how much this is like our Christmas. It is just so fun. It's like our Met Gala, really. The Met Gala of Halloween, at least. To see the next level costumes, hair, makeup, etc. that artists get into for that event. And we had a year without it because of the pandemic, so the return of that iconic party was so exciting. And months later, I am still not over the Twilight cosplay of Taeyeon and Junwoo. It just made my year. Speaking of fan-related excitement, my next thing is I categorized a couple of short stories under this label. Getting to see our K-pop faves live out their fan dreams, a fan's dream. Chun-La from NCT got to live out his fanboy dreams. He got this Q&A thing for the Golden State Warriors site. He curated a playlist for the Warriors for this dubination game. He got some special shoutouts from his favorite team. Then there's my favorite social media friendship between Stray Kids and Ryan Reynolds. It went back and forth and back and forth, giving each other autographs and posting about each other repeatedly, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And it is a lovely relationship. Although I will admit, I still think the best K-pop and Ryan Reynolds moments when those two interests merged together were when he was a unicorn on The Masked Singer, and winner, the guest judges, were freaking out over it, and when he tweeted about joining EXO and never coming back. Pretty solid excuse to get out of anything, if you ask me. Next on the list, KCON. Digital KCON, plus all under this category I just put other online events, because there were too many to count. K-pop really kept fans entertained all year. Fun video call events with fans, and other ways they adapted to virtual circumstances. Virtual KCON this year still had a bunch of the same games, Q&A times, and performances as you would see at an in-person event. And live stream shows really went next level thanks to streaming services that let the audience see. Like it's a big Zoom meeting or something, only people actually enjoy being there. So that made it feel more immersive, like you weren't just watching a screen, but you were a part of the show. Some standout performances at KCON, at KCONTACT as it was called. I would say The Boys performing Taman's Danger, Dreamcatcher performing My House by 2PM, and Oh My Girls, kind of rock-ish remix of The Fifth Season. I did also love N-Hyphen's cover of Block B's Very Good. Made me think back to BTS and Block B at the Mamas together. That was a legendary stage for sure. Other iconic live performances this year, of course I have to say Seventeen's Power of Love concerts, that I recently talked about on the show, plus Taman's Beyond Live show before he went off for his enlistment. People from 119 regions tuned into that one. And it was really cool because he got quite nostalgic talking about fans of Shiny who have been growing up with him and now are married or have kids. And then there are newer Taman fans too that he welcomed into the fold. So very sentimental send-off for him. During that show, he performed Advice for the first time. And he did this really cool dance medley with a lot of Shiny hits and his solo hits. Dream Girl, Love Like Oxygen, 
move, danger, replay, press your number, and want. He packed a lot of songs into this. Then there was eight hours of Bang Bang Con content, where we got to relive some of BTS's past tours, the Speaker Self show, the Memories of 2015 show, the Magic Shop-themed Fifth Muster in Busan, there was part of this June's Muster celebration, this Microcosmos-themed BTS Muster show. They did perform from an event. It wasn't just some virtual filming location. It was an in-person show without an audience. So it's still had cool, larger-than-life settings. That was the show where they performed, and even rapped in Spanish on Chicken Noodle Soup. Everyone performed this group-wide version of Dechita. That was the show where RM changed the lyrics in Moving On to say eight years thank you instead of third floor thank you. Some really emotional shows. Next, the long overdue embrace of Brave Girls. Brave Girls at long last had their time to shine this year. After the millboard charts, the military billboard charts used by conscripted South Korean soldiers showed that they were really into rolling by Brave Girls. And it ended up becoming this viral thing, this viral talk of the town, I guess. And so the song from 2017 suddenly became popular all over. So the girls got to actively, belatedly go back to promoting it, which allowed them to not just give fans a special dose of nostalgia, inject new life into it, have the momentum needed for a very successful new comeback this year and repackage, but they also got to then issue for the first time an official light stick and fulfill their dreams of being on the show The Manager. Really happy they are getting to shine now. It's never too late for your faves is the moral of the story. Next, these are more things I'd put all under one category because there was just, there's so many sub-stories here. Fashion Weeks. Milan Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, London Fashion Week, etc. Fashion Month was historic when it comes to K-pop appearances this year. BM from Card made his runway debut in this Hugo Boss and Russell Athletic show. Nuis Minghyun attended Montclair's livestream show. Yeonjun from TXT made his modeling debut wearing a Korean designer at New York Fashion Week. BTS walked in Seoul's Louis Vuitton show. NCT's Jaehyun became the first celebrity ever to get to live stream a Prada runway show. Blackpink members made appearances throughout Fashion Month. And super excitingly, Lisa from Blackpink became part of 2021's jury for the ANDAM Fashion Awards. One of the 14 jury members to select the finalist for French Fashion Prize. A huge prize for designers. It really helps your recognition if you get it. Jeremy Scott actually previously won it, and he just became the biggest thing ever in fashion. Speaking of Blackpink, I had to put Lisa and Rose's solo debuts on this list. These debuts were not just huge for obvious reasons, they were very highly anticipated, but also because they really were groundbreaking. No ground pun intended, but Rosé became the first K-pop star to ever perform on the Kelly Clarkson show. And although that show's relatively new, it has become quite common for them to have K-pop stars as guests, so for her to be the first was really exciting. She also broke two Guinness World Records. First artist to reach number one on a Billboard Global chart, as both a soloist and as a band member and most viewed K-pop video on YouTube in its first 24 hours. In 24 hours, it surpassed Psy's record to receive 39 million views. 
The album that On the Ground came on are reached number one on iTunes in 51 regions. Ian had the biggest Spotify debut day for a Korean female solo act ever. After this, she also became the first Korean soloist to reach 10 million followers on Spotify. Then Lisa conquered even more records, with the La Lisa video surpassing 300 million views and the album La Lisa topping iTunes in 60 regions. It also became the fastest debut video to surpass 10 million views after 90 minutes. And Lisa, in her own right, surpassed a record previously held by Psy by becoming the fastest K-pop soloist to reach 100 million views. So if you thought it was impressive that Rosé's On the Ground got 39 million views in the first 24 hours, you should also know that Lisa's got 73.6 million in the same amount of time. She also made a solo TV debut on Jimmy Fallon, and then of course there was her collab with Megan Thee Stallion, Ozuna, and DJ Snake, And I have a feeling that she has more verses coming, probably already recorded in a vault somewhere. She's collabed with a lot of people while she's been in LA. I have a feeling she just has a rap verse ready for a bunch of artists, so expect more from her for sure. What I also find just really exciting and iconic about their solos is that they've been building on each other. So Jenny broke records with her solo, then Rosé topped that, now Lisa topped Rosé's records. And now, good things come to those who wait, ought to be the lesson of the story. And the last member to get a solo debut, Jisoo, will hopefully surpass even Lisa's records. Speaking of Blackpink, number 12 on my list is both Blackpink, the concert movie, and their online show this year. Blackpink concerts period from 2021. Just in the week following their online concert, Their YouTube subscriber count grew by 2.7 million just in the week after the release. There were also some really cool, surprising covers during the show. Jisoo covered Habits by Tove Lo. Lisa did her own thing with Say So by Doja Cat. Jenny added a self-written brand new rap to Solo. Lisa and Jisoo wrote their own parts, added to the songs they covered. We finally got a live performance version of Sour Candy, and over 208,000 people tuned in. As for Blackpink the movie, it became the highest grossing cinema release of the year thus far, even though it was only in theaters for one weekend. And it grossed nearly $5 million at the box office. And remember, this isn't even a Netflix film. This is a brand new separate thing. Speaking of women in K-pop who are just killing it, number 13, CL's triumphant year. After delay after delay, 2021 was finally the year we got to hear Alpha. CL's much-hyped-up album. Get some music videos from her, some live performances. It was a very exciting year for her. And people really welcomed this big return of CL with open arms, and she signed with Tap Music for more representation. She also started getting some Korean promo help with Connect Entertainment. She got a Rolling Stone India cover story profile with Janae Aiko. Plus, as I said before, this was the year she went to the Met Gala and aced the assignment. She was featured in Google's first of many video that was released for Women's History Month. 
Even her Taco Bell ad became iconic because she became the first female Korean soloist to star in an American TV ad. Then there is her big cameo on the show Dave, and why that is so significant, more than you think, I broke down in an episode called Pen17. Number 14, the K-pop chapter added to the video game Dead by Daylight. It was developed with Kevin Wu, former UKIS member, and DJ Swivel, who worked on Euphoria by BTS. They stayed very hands-on, helping create this horror story for the video game. It was this murder story, basically, about a star called the Trickster, killing bandmates, kidnapping people, all sorts of stuff. He had really quite an elaborate backstory. I could totally picture him getting the Hollywood blockbuster treatment. People also kept saying that the trickster looks like someone from 80s, and I could kind of see that in one of their videos. Anyway, it's an interesting, interesting addition to a horror-themed multiplayer game, and I mark it as significant here because it was a very interesting cultural moment. And there were a few like it this year, like with P1 Harmony performing at that sporting event, moments where different fandoms you saw if there was a Venn diagram there or not, between gamers and K-pop fans, between sports fans and K-pop fans. Even the Met Gala to an extent, fashion enthusiasts and K-pop fans. It's just interesting to me how K-pop is a part of so many other aspects of pop culture this year, and video games being one of those felt like a big deal, a big moment. It'll be interesting in the future if more groups end up actually gaining fans from other formats like being part of video games as opposed to vice versa, being there for the fans they already have to enjoy. Maybe it'll be the opposite more. I mean, it seems like quite a few gamers got into G-Idol after the League of Legends involvement started, so you never know. Next up, I put this season of Kingdom Legendary War. The winner was announced this summer, so spoiler alert, but by now, not really. Stray Kids won this year, which was very exciting. It was a really fun, super long finale of the season, too. Very drawn out, but in a good way. It was a great time to see a bunch of boy groups that I really like give songs new life live. The soundtrack is really dope. We got to hear Wolfgang before it became on a Stray Kids tracklist. The final round ended up being totally fan-chosen. Through votes and streaming, the power was really all in our hands. The Kingdom Come performance from The Boys also deserves a specific moment of appreciation. I will talk about this season of Kingdom in a future episode of the show when I talk more about the history of these types of competition shows, but it was definitely a standout this year. And speaking of standout programming... Also on my list, I have Street Woman Fighter, the dance crew competition show that brought back all of the America's Best Dance Crew nostalgia. Taeyeon got to be a judge, which was not only exciting because I'm super Taeyeon biased, but because I think it was good for his confidence, because although he's the leader of a huge group, he always acts very humble about that, but very insecure about it at times too unsure if he's fit for the role. So I really hope this actually was not just a big learning opportunity for the people he judged, but for himself. A big confidence booster. And it was hosted by King Daniel, which was exciting to see as well. Number 17. 17's year, and their big Power of Love project. It was kicked off with Wanwoo and Mingyu's collab for Bittersweet, with Lee High, 
which basically showed this debate between friendship and romance. What kind of relationship do you want to pursue? Long story short, the video shows the members choosing friendship over the romance, and it's really cute. Then they fully embrace this friendship with that single Not Alone. But then, in their summer comeback, Your Choice, they went back to thinking, well, maybe I am ready to love, ready for romance. And so they start assessing that in all the ways I wrote about at length on my site, my newsletter, and went on about in episodes of Seventeen Talk. By then also, different sides of love were explored with solo members' pursuits. June Sun's Silent Boarding Gate was a really pretty special reflection on a relationship. Hoshi had this interesting analogy for a confusing relationship with the spider web analogy that lent itself to super dope choreography. The eight had side by side. In that video, it was really cute. He was trying to get this girl's attention, win her over. So different types of different formats of crushing, flirting, thinking about relationships. Then came Attica with tons of cool Easter eggs in it. I broke it down again on 17 Tuck episodes and in my newsletter, where again they reassert this newfound boldness to say, hey, I got a crush on you. Let's just jump headfirst into this Better love and loss than ever loved at all. And then they concluded with the new Japanese single, Power of Love, which I have more to say about coming up on a future episode, but it is a very beautiful sense of closure for this project they went on all year about recognizing that power of love they explored from so many dimensions and realizing the true power of it, the real massive miracle it is and influence it has over our lives. And they put that on display through choreography, songs, all year long. A very special, meaningful year for fans of Seventeen and for the group as they grew as artists as well. So, recap. The Met Gala, BTS at the AMAs, BTS covering the June issue of Rolling Stone, BTS on Grammy night at the UN, various faves living out their fanboy dreams, the return of the SM Town Halloween party, K-Contact and other online events, the long overdue embrace of Brave Girls, Fashion Month, Lisa and Rosé's solo debuts, Blackpink's concert and new concert movie, All Things CL, The Dead by Daylight K-Pop Editions, Kingdom, Street Woman Fighter, and The Power of Love Project. Let's talk real quick about some honorable mentions that I considered for my top 17 picks. There was the SM Town New Year's Eve concert, that kicked off 2021 very nicely for me, especially because at the end of the show, all these SM Entertainment artists came out to sing and deliver a new music video for a song called Hope. Very touching for me. It was a very cute, wholesome night to see so many of my fave artists in one place, fun on so many levels. It also had some interesting, cool new remixes and performances. Like Winter from Espa performed on Yours, Raiden's song, Mark added a verse to Baekhyun's song, UN Village. Super Junior gave this cool lights-off performance with candles of Burn the Floor. Plus, we got the return of Wendy. Nearly 36 million people streamed this show from 186 countries. And I was looking back at what I originally said about this show, and I realized I took note of the Super Junior members discussing that it's the year of the ox, meaning this would be a year people would be focused on investments, the economy, resilience, stability, and prosperity. That certainly was people's focus. That checks out. 
Also on my honorable mentions list, the Guhar Act finally passed. The 21st National Assembly policies now included it, and for the next five years at least, this law applies where if a parent is deemed to not have fulfilled enough of a child-raising ability, they cannot claim their child's fortune or property if they pass away. You can't just come into their life posthumously for their money and assets. There were new exciting additions to the Korean Music Copyright Association list of full-time members this year, including Yoon and Mino from Winner, Loco, Changmo, Roy Kim, Maktub, very exciting. NCT 127 became the first K-pop group to host SNL Korea, twice seen at the Time 100 Talks event. It was a really big deal the day speakers included Kang Kyunhwa, South Korea's Minister of Foreign Affairs, and they performed a B-side. Depend on you. Getting to shine a spotlight on Asan Nayeon wrote, which I love. BTS performed on the MTV Unplugged series, where we finally got to hear Telepathy live. They sang Blue and Grey live. Life Goes On, Dynamite. And they sang that incredible cover of Fix You by Coldplay. And lastly... This was also a big year for a ton of different solo debuts. Various Eyes One members, Joe Yuri, Kwan Unbi, looks like Miyawaki Sakura will have a lot coming next year. The Got Seven members individually were each killing it. Seventeen members, of course. Do Hansei from Victon, Yuki and Soyeon from G Idol. What a stacked year for solos. Sorn from CLC. I could go on and on. And I will, on some more 2021 recap episodes of the show. So stay tuned, lots more to come for this show the rest of the month. Thank you guys all for listening, and I'll talk to you all again very soon.